everyone, and welcome to this episode of Pathways to Perform. We hope these real stories from real people resonate to help guide you on your path to perform at your very best in any field. Today, we have an extraordinary guest. He's a superstar. Dr. Brad is here with us today. He is, for me, very much beyond the doctor label. He is a healer, and he's also educated me on how to take better care of myself as an <laughs> clearly an aging choreographer and dance teacher. So please, let's welcome Dr. Brad. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, no problem. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You're amazing. So, you know, I found you because of an injury that I had, and you pretty much saved my career. You extended my career three years beyond what I thought was kind of over for me. I couldn't walk. I was limping, I was dragging my left leg, and you, in your many extraordinary ways, put your healing hands on me and fixed everything. But at the same time, you also educated me on how to take better care of myself. So I think you're amazing. I know you're amazing. You've actually helped my own children who are athletes and amazing athletes. Was this always a calling for you? Like, where did this all begin for Brad? At a young age, were you interested in sports and, and the physical well-being, or where did it start? Well, I'd say I was definitely interested in sports and physical well-being. Um, as far as actual chiropractic, I mean, shoot, I wasn't even introduced to that until I was after high school, basically. So I didn't even know that existed, to be honest. Um, but just growing up as an athlete, I was kind of always interested in, in the body, anatomy, physiology, those kinds of things. So throughout high school, that's, uh, that's kind of what I was into along with um, biology and whatnot. So I knew at high school time, like I was looking into the medical field. I just didn't know what piece of the medical field, you know, physical therapy, primary care doc, surgeons, whatever it may be. But at that point in time, like I said, I had no idea that chiropractic existed. So that didn't come on until later. Wow. Okay. And so how did you discover chiropractic health? Where did that come from then? When did it first get introduced to you? Well, playing, my main sport was hockey. So I, I grew up playing hockey throughout elementary school, middle school, high school. And one of the things here in the area um, in Pittsburgh at that time, they didn't really have what was called junior hockey. And junior hockey is what's needed typically in order to go to the next level, whether that be college or minor league or whatever it might be. So um, I left early, uh, probably 16, 17, I left to go play junior hockey in um, States and up in Ottawa. And when I was up there playing, one of the, the teams actually had a chiropractor on staff and he helped me out. And so at that point in time, that's whenever I actually started looking into chiropractic and what it would take in order to, to do that whenever the, the uh, hockey career, so it was, uh, would be over. So, so I got introduced probably about 16, 17 years of age to chiropractic and its possibilities. Wow. Okay. That's really cool. So how for people that are listening that might not know right everyone says the medical field is so long you're giving up your entire life there's so many years of study what does it take to even become a chiropractor where do you begin well the way i the the avenue i took and what i approached was again at that time i was playing hockey so i knew i still wanted to go to college and play hockey through college and um so i took it as i'm just going to go to college go the pre-med route. I was interested in it. I knew it was something I was going to want to do. And at the end of that, I would decide if I'd still want to do chiropractic care or something else would have become introduced to me. So I did your typical four-year pre-med degree, and then I went on to chiropractic school. Um, 
some chiropractic schools currently, I've been out long enough now, so there might have been a lot more roles and changes at this point, but, but I do know there's certain states that would not allow you to practice chiropractic prior to having a full four-year degree, and there's even a couple of chiropractic schools, I believe, basically uh, require you to have that four-year degree. Others, you can get in with a certain amount of prereqs, which is essentially a two-year type associate's degree. Um, but once you get to chiropractic school, that's essentially another just under four years uh, of training there. And then you get out into some internship and then you can start practicing uh, either with another provider or on your own. Um, so it, it's a bit lengthy for sure. But again, if it's something that you enjoy doing um, and you enjoy learning about, then you know the, the time goes quick. Wow, okay, that's amazing. And so you've taken chiropractic services to the next level though. So you do something that is called art, which of course, as a dancer, artist, choreographer, <laughs> I find amazing. Uh, my mother actually found you online. She was looking it up because she loves homeopathic therapy. And she found this active release techniques. And she said, I think this is what's missing for you. There's something locked in your leg. And I think that this is what you should explore. And so how do you go from chiropractic health to finding just another layer of technique that can possibly help heal people? Well, that, yes, there's a lot of different name techniques, okay. uh, whether you're talking chiropractic care, physical therapy care, whatever it might be. Um, the one that I got into myself is the, the art or active release technique. That was something that was introduced to me again while playing hockey, one of the providers helped me out. So as a patient, I kind of had a little bit of understanding of it, or at least knew it existed. Um, one of the providers I talked to prior to going to chiropractic school, he, he was starting to get into it and he said, hey, you should check out, see if the school has a club, active release technique club or, or something like that while you're there. So even whenever I went into chiropractic school, I already had some sort of knowledge that that at least existed, that name technique existed. So, so I sought it out fairly quick, um, even with my first trimester or two in chiropractic school and actually started the certifications at that point. So my first year at chiropractic school, I actually went outside of school in order to start getting certified for the active release techniques because there's, there's a bunch of certifications and I just wanted to make sure that I had as much understanding, as much hands-on work as I could even before I got to the student clinic or you know, um, definitely whenever I finally did graduate from chiropractic college that I would have a good enough understanding of how to use it. Um, there's just so much of a uh, hands-on technique, so there is a good amount of just um, touch and feel as a provider as far as finding some of these areas of restriction and uh, improving upon them relatively quickly. Yeah, well, you definitely have. <laughs> so how many different kinds of, I'm going to go with humans, do you heal? So we've talked a lot about athletes, right? And I'm a dancer, so we consider ourselves athletes, of course. So we're going down this road of athleticism. Can you help anybody right? Your regular corporate office person, you know, anyone that is in need, can art be something that is beneficial for them? Yes, for sure. I mean, everybody, athlete, non-athlete, everybody basically is breaking down the same way and repairing the same way. So <laughs> exactly. body's pretty much the same, so you can at least look at it. Um, but generally speaking, I mean, most of, them, most of my patients are relatively active, or at least they find my office because of their activity, whether they're weekend warriors, whether they're you know, uh, college or professional athletes, dancers, whatever it might be. Um, typically what happens is even though that their regular day job is secretary, attorney, accountant, banker, laborers, whatever it is, it's usually something that they do outside their job 
uh, that's relatively physical, they break at that point and that's whenever they say, okay, I got to get treated because I definitely want to get back to the hobby I enjoy doing. So most of the people are relatively active that I see, not everybody, but most are. But um, yeah, in general, everybody will break down the same way and they recover the same way. So whether you break down due to a specific activity or whether you break down just by being in front of the computer all day. I mean, to me, right. I think that would be extremely difficult and daunting task to just be having the same tissue loaded all day by sitting behind the computer. You know, as that happens, the body will break down. It recovers by throwing down scar tissue. That'll recover and become normal, healthy tissue. And as long as you can do that quick enough, there's no symptoms. Problem comes about when you're breaking it down quicker. That's when you end up with more of that fibrotic type tissue, scar tissue, adhesions, whatever you want to call it. But basically, it's not functional tissue. And that's usually when we start getting the inflammation, the symptoms, and that's when you'll start seeking some form of care, whether it be chiropractic, physical therapy, whatever it might be. That's when you start getting your pain, and that's usually when I'll start seeing them at least initially. Interesting. I hear, I hear you talk a lot about, you know, when someone breaks. How do you avoid the breaking point, right? So I feel like it gets so bad, and then you decide to call Dr. Brad. Should we be calling earlier? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, obviously I'm biased and say, yeah, sure. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but, right, of course. But I mean, I'm the same. I'm, I'm, I'm just as bad as most of my patients. I wait until I can no longer do it anymore. And I'm like, oh, crap. All right. I finally have That's to have right. somebody take a look at this. Um, but in general, especially if you're thinking of it as um, athletic type mindset or dance type mindset, you know, you kind of are used to a certain amount of pain. You're used to pushing through a certain amount um, and dealing with it the best you can. Um, but the way I look at it as far as when it's about time, obviously, if you can't do it anymore, if you're completely broke, can't do it, well, it's definitely time to seek treatment. But also, if you're continuing to go through the, the, the same type of workouts, and as you're doing each workout, each of those reps is either, stay, you know, it's getting worse with each rep. I'm okay if it stays the same with each rep, but if it's getting worse with each rep then chances are that's probably time to have somebody take a look at it, especially if somebody takes time off and then goes back to that particular exercise and it all happens again. Definitely want to get it taken a look at at that point in time. Wow, that's something for all of us to take with us. I feel like we always wait until it's too late, always. But so I'm sitting here looking at your back wall and I am in awe. I see the Steelers, I see Penguins, I see every kind of athlete in the city. So how does one get that phone call. Hey, can you come help the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, I, I go back to luck. <laughs> uh, no, I started working with them back in 2008 season. And, um, and really it was the active release technique. You know, I was one of maybe four guys within probably a 60 minute radius of downtown Pittsburgh that actually practiced active release technique. And um, it was a bit of a buzz. A lot, of the, a lot of the athletes, a lot of the NFL guys were seeking it out on their own anyway. Um, and I was able to talk to one of the head athletic trainers over there. And he said, well, why don't you come down, show me what it's about, got us into camp. And he said, at the end of camp, we'll decide whether or not it's something we'll continue doing. And I was there for maybe two days. And he said, yeah, we definitely have enough feedback. We want to pursue this throughout the uh, throughout the season. So that's kind of just how it started. Um, and then each year it's just kind of grown from there as far as their understanding what I can do and vice versa. So that they use me in a lot more different ways even now uh, at those organizations. Um, and of course, once you start working with one of the one of the Pittsburgh teams or any of the teams for that matter, 
um, the word kind of gets around. So the other, uh, the other athletes and other teams in the area uh, started to approach me as well. It's pretty cool because I, of course, you're so humble. You're attributing, it's just art. It's just art. It's you. You're a healer. You're pretty special. You have every single one of those photos on your wall is a special thank you to you for saving someone's career. And so do you have advice for any of your listeners, how to better take care of ourselves, how to avoid these injuries? Is there anything that we can do to get ahead of these kinds of things? Do you see like a common injury that's happening amongst athletes and or computer savvy folks that are behind a computer for six well, probably more like 10 hours a day, right? Probably, at least now, especially now. I, know. <laughs> I don't think anybody leaves their seat at this point. No, it was actually better in the office because they at least get up and go to the printer. You know, at least that's what they're telling me. People are just sitting nonstop now. Yeah, and it's Zoom meeting after Zoom after, meeting. Can yep. you stay on a call? Can you jump on a call? And then you just find yourself six hours later looking at this computer screen. Yep, yep. Um, no, I mean, there's definitely things that can be done. Obviously, everybody is unique as far as what their particular injury would be or their chronic type issue would be. Um, but it's just also having the understanding of what can be done and it doesn't need to take forever. I, th I think that's where people end up getting a little bit uh, of, of an issue is they feel like in order to be asymptomatic or to be ahead of it, they have to spend a ton of time that they're not going to dedicate to it. And that's not necessarily the case. A lot of times it's just knowing what little habits you have, the structure that you have, and you might end up with maybe a, a two to three, maybe four minute routine max that you do. Some feel a need to do it daily. Others can get away doing it two or three times a week. And that's enough to basically get this tissue to reform and keep it reforming faster than you're breaking it down. Um, so there's definitely things that can be done to be more preventative on it. And you just have to know too that you don't need to like dedicate your entire day on it. You know, I think a lot of people will, won't even start because they assume that's what it's going to take, but it, it really doesn't. You know, initially, we have to do things relatively frequently, but then once you have it down and under control, usually a couple minute routine, maybe it's just before the workouts, or maybe it's just two or three times a week, and that can be enough to keep things in check. That's true. I, I'm definitely a testament to that because I was doing different things, and you said try these exercises. It took up 10 to 15 minutes of my day. And now I continue to do these things, but it is, it's very true that it, you think it's going to be a nine month process, eight hours a day in the physical therapy office. And that's certainly not the case. So that's, that's an interesting, that's definitely an interesting perspective. And once you have it down, I tell everybody, um, whether it's about treatment and or whether it's the exercise or stretches you do on your own, I always tell people, figure out what's the least amount you need to do. <laughs> you know, so again, you start initially, get ahead of it. Once you're ahead of it, you just slowly start backing it off. And you might, again, you might get all the way down to where you're just doing a two or three minute routine a few times a week. So now as things start to increase again, if symptoms start to come back due to habit or due to particular exercise you're doing, they you know, okay, no big deal. You just got to pick up the frequency again, get under control, and then you can back off. So again, you don't, you don't need to spend a ton of time. And then once you have it under control, it's much, much easier to maintain that's amazing. Thank you for that. Uh, so, you know, in your office, when I've been there, I've seen athletes come in from Duquesne, Pitt, all over the place, my students coming in. Is there a certain kind of pressure that you feel as a doctor to get everyone up on their feet? You know, I think you pretty much touch almost every single pro athlete in this city. Is there some kind of pressure or is it just, I want to help you? Um, I don't want to say that there's, there's definitely, 
I don't want to say there's, there isn't any more pressure with the athletes that I have with just my everyday patients. You know, obviously anybody that comes in, um, athletic world or non, the goal is to get them better as fast as we can and, and keep them better. Um, I feel that's definitely my job. And so if I'm not making that happen, then I'm not doing my job. Um, or at the very least, we know we need to get them on to the, to the next potential treatment option uh, beyond manual therapy. Um, so there's a little bit of pressure there, but I can't say that it is any, any greater in the athletic world as it is just in my everyday office world. Um, you, everybody likes to be good at what they do. And so if you feel like you can't get the individual there, uh, you're letting, letting them down. So the goal is to try to, to improve upon their situation as quickly as possible. Wow. Okay. So what do you love about it? What do you love the most about your job? Seeing that actually happen, you know, ah. again, everybody likes to, <laughs> likes to be, you know, likes to do their job well. So you, you want to make sure that you can make that happen. And then not only make that happen, then ideally, you know, a lot of times I'll see patients, I don't know, a month, two months, whatever it might be. And then I won't see them for like two, three years. And they'll come back in. Oftentimes when they come back in, it will be with a totally different issue, but they'll be like, yeah, the, the other thing that you fixed, even though I had that problem for two or three years before I came and saw you, it's been good. It's been a non-issue because they've been able to stay with certain exercises and movements that it basically becomes a non-problem. So the fact that you can get people better and they stay better with just having the right knowledge, that's, that's a lot of fun. How fun. And so what have you been doing to kind of keep your own self healthy during this time during COVID and this transition I mean it's been crazy for all of us but I mean you're on a zoom call and I never ever thought I would see Dr. Brown on a zoom call no right I told you this is completely atypical <laughs> year and this is not my norm usually I just no. stay in the office and that's about it so um I've been I've, I'm I feel I'm a lot more lucky than than other individuals with the current COVID situation uh especially like I said even like the office workers and, and whatnot I do not know how they deal with being at home like 90% of the time. I mean, luckily I've at least been able to get out to the office. We're still with the teens. Uh, there's still some sort of sense of normalcy. It's not completely normal, but at least there's some sort of sense there. I am still able to get to the gym um, and, and get my little workouts in. And if the gym's closed, I've got like a little mini gym in my office. So I can at least stay active and moving in some sort of way. Um, so that, that's definitely been helpful throughout this time. But if I was just stuck at the house 90% of the time, it's, it would have been a lot, lot rougher, that's for sure. Yeah, it just doesn't work for you. So you're not built no. that way. <laughs> no, the mentality of it wouldn't, wouldn't have worked at all. No. And so do you have any advice for our listeners that are kind of going down this road of health and, and really seeking to maintain just a better, healthy lifestyle? I feel like every time I've seen you, you're very active. You always help me just, you remind me always to take better care of myself, just overall eating, working out, these kinds of things. Do you have any advice for our listeners to maybe kind of get them on the way, on the right path? I would say the same as, as almost the rehab type exercises. Don't, don't take off like a, a huge bite. It doesn't need to be something crazy. You don't have to be even like Workouts. not like you need to go put on your workout clothes and go for a workout. You know, for an individual, it might just start as, hey, I'm going to go for a 10-minute walk. You know, just leave the computer for 10 minutes, go for a walk, come back. But, you know, if you can come up with some sort of, of routine, um, some sort of 
active routine and it doesn't need to be workout intensity initially you're just starting that process uh, if you look at it in small chunks i think you have a better chance uh, i know even with the diet aspect some people want to drastically change your diet for some that that may work um, others you know they they're able to stick to it for a week two weeks maybe a month and then they just go back to doing what they were doing prior to so uh, instead of making these huge drastic changes, make small changes um, over time. Much better chance of getting where you'd want to be within a six month to two year process than all of a sudden going out and working out as hard as you can for two weeks and then it becomes too difficult and or you injure yourself so now you can't. Same thing with the diet. You're like, oh, I'm going gun ho I'm going to do this cold turkey that worked for two weeks or two months right. and then you just fall off and it's no good. You know, instead of trying to do those drastic changes, you really want to try to just do incremental changes over time and then you'll ultimately get where you'd want to be. And so, you know, I, I look at your career and I think you've made such a tremendous and profound impact on Pittsburgh athletes and non-athletes. So is this a natural calling for you? Do you feel like this is something you were always meant to do? I, you did mention your interest in the medical field. And so is this something that was just a natural draw? I guess once I found out about it, <laughs> I guess, you know, I mean, I knew like, you know, again, throughout, throughout earlier days and throughout high school days, it was just more or less being interested in the body in of itself. Um, maybe potentially even during those times for more selfish reasons. I just want to know how I can improve upon myself for, you know, athletic reasons. Um, and then that ultimately did grow to getting into a, a field that I do enjoy quite a lot and especially talking to other providers in different fields, whether it be physical therapy, orthopedics, whatever it may be, I am very glad I picked the world of chiropractic. I mean, it definitely has its challenges in of itself, um, even the meaning of it and what people think and how they understand of it, but at least it allows me to practice in a way that, that I enjoy and we can get patients better and see them, see them do better throughout their daily activities and or, you know, athletic activities. Um, so I definitely have grown over time to just appreciate what it is that you can do with chiropractic and, and treating patients in the short and long term. Yeah, like getting the most out of the human body, especially as a high school athlete, digging right. into that information. Like, how can I get better? One yeah. Of I love that. Yeah. The, the nutrition, everything was probably more, more because of that and interested because of that. And then it grew into to helping others with it. Okay, so if I'm a young person listening to this podcast and I'm kind of interested in chiropractic, where do I go? Where do I start? What, where, what colleges or, you know, any recommendations that you have to look into to explore that avenue? Well, I'd say initially, um, whatever your local, go to your random local chiropractors. Not even, you know, not as a patient, but just, you know, reach out to them through email, phone call, whatever, and see if they'd be willing to have you have them in for a, you know, a couple hours of shadowing. I mean, you get that, get that a lot where they can just come in, just kind of get an idea of what the office is like and what the, the how the treatments work. Um, I would recommend doing a few though, for sure. Cause as we said in the beginning, everybody practices um, a little, if not a lot different. So if um, you know, you don't, you don't find a particular chiropractor, a particular physical therapist, or whomever you're shadowing, and, and you don't feel that that is right for you, definitely shadow a few of them, um, because they all practice a little bit different, and you might uh, find some sort of connection uh, one over the other. So uh, that's how I would start. And then once once you start doing the shadowing, then, then you can slowly start just 
looking up the different schools that are available uh, and what will work well for you both logistically and financially and all the above. I don't know how many that are up to now as far as how many chiropractic schools. I mean, when I was there, I think there might have been there's like 18, 18 or 20, and that included a couple in Canada. I think they've increased a little bit since then, so there are more options than what, than what I had a while back. But uh, definitely start with just the local chiropractors and make sure it's something that you want to get into and then start reaching out to the different schools. Wow, what great advice. Thank you for that. And so, you know, for you, how do we find you? <laughs> I'm listening to this going, oh, this might actually work for me. I'm injured or I can't stand Zoom anymore. I don't want to do another meeting behind the computer. And since you're already you? on the computer, then you know, my website is probably the best way to find me. Okay. <laughs> That's probably the easiest way. There's, um, uh, you can actually make an appointment right online. Uh, there, there's a tab there that you can fill out and pick a slot that works well for you. Or if you just have a question for me, the email that's, that's uh, on the website that basically uh, is tied directly to me, so is the phone number. So um, if anybody does call, I always recommend I do tell them definitely leave me a voicemail because I'll get back to you. I do uh, typically respond a little bit quicker through text or email, but, um, but the website's a, a great place to start, the easiest place to start, and you can kind of get an idea of how we treat and what we treat even just with a lot of the information on that website. Fantastic. And I'll make sure that we include that and in all the information that we put up there for our listeners and anybody that's interested. Thank you. Thank you. So what's next for you? What are you looking forward to in 2021? Uh, it's uh, better than 2020. Yes, that's all I want. It's better than right. 2020. So closer and closer to normal. Hopefully we'll see, but, yeah. uh, but, um, other than just trying to get things back to that, that's 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 the first goal, and then, and then once we achieve achieve that goal, then we'll probably be extending into some other potential sports teams and, and colleges and and whatnot as we move forward. But um, no, I I started back in '08 this practice, and people always ask, well, what's next, or or do you, do you want to hire uh, more providers, this that and the other? Do you want to expand another office? All those things. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with the way it is. Uh, I get to be very personal with our, with the patients, which is good. You know, I don't have a whole bunch of chiropractic assistants or other people doing the work. People come in, they see That's me, you. Right. Um, you know, when they leave, they see me. So, so I, I enjoy working with patients in, in that regard and, and just anticipate continuing to do so. I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for me, certainly for my boys who are athletes and for everything you do for the city of Pittsburgh. I mean, you keep the Steelers going, the Penguins going, the Pirates going, the ballet going, right? All of our athletes around the city, you're a really good guy. And I think what kind of, what, what doesn't kind of, but what absolutely separates you is that you genuinely care. Again, you can have six assistants and 10 more practices and offices around the area but you continue to want to do the work yourself and i have such huge respect and admiration for everything you do and of course i'm forever grateful so thank you thank you i appreciate everything it's the truth so thank you for everything and uh, we will absolutely be in touch i'll be making an appointment for me as well as my boys and uh, we will definitely be in touch and i will let all of our listeners know how to get hold of dr brad and you can make your appointment and start your healing today <laughs>